0: Welcome to Daily Living. My name is Shirley, and here on Daily Living, we focus on our daily walk with Christ. I may sometimes refer to myself or others as an FOC or a follower of Christ. But to go a little bit deeper, it simply means that I live my life according to the Holy Spirit's teaching of the scriptures and not by man's doctrine. So if you are a babe in Christ, or maybe you're a Christian but you've lost your way, and you're really trying to figure out how do you get back to your father? Or maybe you didn't lose your way, but you just want to get deeper. You want to mature in the spirit, or maybe you don't know Christ at all, but you can feel on the inside that you are empty and you know that everything that you've tried just hasn't been working. Well, if that's you, then you are in the right place. I pray that God uses me as a vessel to lead you to Jesus Christ. Amen? Deny yourself daily. Deny yourself daily. Now that was something that I heard all the time when I first got saved. When I started my walk. I used to hear, deny yourself. But what does that even mean? We go to church, we read our Bible, or at least some of us do. We listen to gospel music, and we try to live a life away from sin. We try to do what the Bible commands us to, you know, love our neighbors, to be nice to others, to you know, try not to hurt people, and um, to try to be helpful, um, to help our uh, our fellow brothers and sisters, fellowship and encourage each other. But at what is the cost of all that? Because we understand that there is a price to salvation, and the cost that we have to pay, is everything. It will cost you your very life. Luke chapter 17, verses 33 reads, Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life preserve it. The King James Version reads, whoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Today I want to talk a little bit about a movie that I saw called Hicksaw Ridge. Now, this is a war movie and there are some gruesome parts in it. Um, especially the the part for um, the war the scenes at, at the actual war but there's something about that movie that just keeps drawing me back to it and it's about a story of a man called Desmond Doss now during World War II there were two main battles one was mainly between the U.S. and Japan and one of the more important battles between the Japan and the U.S. was the Battle of Akinawa, which started on April 1st, 1945. The battle was a close combat fight with heavy weaponry and would go down in history as one of the bloodiest, most brutal but also most important battle in the Second World War. Young men thought it honorable to fight for their country and gladly laid down their lives. One such man, name was Desmond Doss. He chose to serve the military despite being offered a deferment because of his shipyard work At first glance all the military commander saw was a skinny tall young man and to make matters worse Mr. Dawes refused to carry any weaponry during combat. What we later on learn is that Mr. Dawes refused to kill an enemy soldier or carry a weapon into combat because of his personal belief as a seven-day Adventist. And applied because he wanted to be a medic. His refusal was not well received among his peers, among his commanders, and brought much persecution from all of the people around him. So he was brutally persecuted, called names, outcasted because. They believe that you're just as good as the soldier that's next to you. And the fact that he had no weapon, he was really considered worthless. So why join the army? I don't know if this really happened, but in the movie, they went through the steps to try to get him to discharge. They try to say that maybe he's not well, maybe he's mentally challenged. So they tried every way for him to discharge. They try to persuade him to, you know, discharge himself to just leave. But he held true to what he originally signed up for. He wanted to go out. He wanted to help his country by helping people. They thought, What is this skinny kid going to do on a close combat battle with no weapon? He was called many names. But beloved, it's not what it seems. What they didn't know was who Mr. Doss really was. They didn't know whose he was. He did not let anyone caused him to stray from his belief and went into battle as a medic without a single weapon on him. During the most gruesome battle on Okinawa, Mr. Doss was able to carry and save a total of 75 men on the battlefield. He saved even the very commanders that persecuted him he saved the people that that tried to destroy him, that was calling him a coward. Because he went without a weapon. So they thought he went without a weapon into enemy's ground, into a battle. A battle that was the bloodiest close comeback battle. and saved 75 men, saved their lives. His action awarded him the Medal of Honor from President Harry Truman on October 12, 1945. It's not what it seemed. They thought that he was without a weapon. When he was actually carrying the most important weapon of all he was covered by jesus christ and so i'm not going to say that he came out he didn't have a scratch on him but everything that he did was considered a miracle to everybody that witnessed it to everybody that heard it it was a miracle So, in our passage, we see here that it tells us that those that try to keep their lives, save their lives, will lose it. And whoever loses their life will preserve it. And for me, when I watched that movie, one of the things that I noticed was how many times our passage today tells us that anyone that strives to protect his life will cause it to be destroyed. And anyone who rendered their life useless will instead bring forth life. Mr. Doss was able to confidently walk into the worst war ever recorded because of his faith and because he had no concern for his own life. And this came because he trusts God. He trusts God no matter what happened. I see him like he was a dead man walking. His focus was only on doing what God instructed him to do. In an interview, Mr. Doss later explained that he was in prayer that whole time and he was asking God, not for protection, but help me save another one. And he said when he got another one, he said, Lord, help me get another one. And that was his prayer all night. And so God preserved him in that time. Mr. Dawes' actions are one of great faith. And he understood what the cost was and was willing to pay the price with his life. of us will not have to face the situation that Mr. Dawes had to face. We may not literally have to give up our lives. But you will experience much smaller battles in your day-to-day lives. And you may not even be able to recognize them. The thing is, is that the battles that we face are a lot smaller in the time that we're in right now, but they will build up. They will build up. That's what the Bible says. So we see that our ultimate goal as a follower of Christ is to strive to be more like Christ every day. And we are all called to surrender our lives, to lose our lives for his name's sake. Now, what are some practical examples described in the Bible that can help us to understand that cost, that cost that we each have to pay? So, let's go over some of the scriptures. Um, Luke 21. Chapter 21, verses 1 to 4. This is the story of the widow's two mites. Chapter 21, verses 1 says, And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts in the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor woman putting in two mites. Now, two mites is the value of less than one cent, one penny. So he said, truly, I say to you, and this is Jesus talking. Truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. We can focus on why she gave, but today I want to focus on the fact that she gave everything. She gave her all. I like the part of the story that shows you that Jesus was pleased by her actions. So pleased with her faith that he called the disciples and told them, look at what this lady did. Look at her faith. Now, if we were to put this in a modern, a today sense, imagine that you lost your job. And I know many people experience that during the pandemic. Imagine that you lost your job. And... Now you're at a point where you're running low on everything. You're running low on food. You're running low on money. You don't have your, you know, it's winter time, and you don't know where your next pay is going to come. You're running low on gas because you've been running around trying to go in interviews to get another job to pay your bills. To feed your family and you got $20 left your last $20 but you know that you have been going to church and you've been praying and asking God for a breakthrough and as they're passing the offering basket around you get a sense that the Holy Spirit tells you put your money in that basket do you do it do you put your last twenty dollars in the basket out of faith because you have a sense that the Holy Spirit is telling you to do this to me this is essentially what this lady did she didn't have nothing else to fall back on Absolutely nothing. For a lot of people, $20 is nothing. $10 is nothing. And you go ahead and you put this $10 or $20 in a basket. Why people are putting in five grand, 10000 $20,000. But you got $20 and you're like, this is all I got. How many of you would actually do it? by faith. Sometimes it helps to take the Bible into context, to try to think of it today. Would you do it? But you know, the honest truth is that most people wouldn't because it wouldn't even make sense. Why would you put your last money in your basket? But this is what I'm talking about. The cost It's going to cost you. Are you willing to give your all to God? How many have decided to stop activities like fornication, drunkenness, foul mouth, because it's not pleasing to God? Are you willing to give all of him, all of you to him? Are you willing to do that that is the lesson that I want us to take from this passage are we giving God all of us that means your time your mind your body what which is the vessel of the Holy Spirit are you willing to put away your friends your own personal gain, how people view you, whether people like you or not, are you willing to put that aside? Instead of watching that movie, instead of being on Instagram, instead of being on Facebook, are you willing to put your phone down and grab your Bible and give your time to God? Are you willing to stop the things that's not Helping the kingdom and doing things that will help the kingdom. Are you willing to really do that? Giving all that you have may look like, you know, giving up a a business that you've been pursuing. A man that you are with or dating or thinking about dating. Your friends who you know are no good for you. Where you live, your title, position. That was one, a personal for me. I gave up my title, my position. Because to me, Christ was more important. Status. Are you willing to give up that? Are you willing to give it all up for God? It will cost you to truly give of yourself so you can really serve God. You must give up all and pursue God with all of your life. Now, it's not that it's easy. It can be difficult, since God don't always give you what you want. Because sometimes, he may ask you to do something that's uncomfortable. He may may put you in a comfortable um, place that you have to endure for a little while but even through times like battles like war are you going to stay focused on him and continue to pursue him despite how you may feel matthew chapter 19 verses 16 to 22 read a man came to jesus and asked teacher what good thing must i do To have eternal life now jesus goes on and tells him about the laws and he responds in verse 20 he says the the young man said i have obeyed all of these commands what else do i need jesus answered if you want to be perfect then go and sell all that you own give the money to the poor and you will have riches in heaven then come and follow me But when the young man heard Jesus tell him to give away his money, he was sad. He didn't want to do this because he was rich, so he left. Here we have a young man that shows much zeal for doing good, for righteousness, for the Lord. And he wants to know what can he do to make it into heaven. And he seems eager to do what it takes until the answer was not what he wanted to hear. Until the answer was too much. Many Christians are just like this young man with one foot in the world and one foot in Christ. They give just enough of themselves the kingdom of God. But there are riches. They want to hold, they want to still hold and maintain that. They don't want to give all of them. So unfortunately, it's all or nothing with Christ. If you're not all in, then you're out. Matthew 12, verses 30 says, whoever is not with me is against me. You have so many Christians that think, oh, well, um, I'm saved by grace or once saved, always saved. So they'll tell you, oh yes, I'm Christian, but they are out there living the lies like the rest of the world. They're literally fitting in with the rest of the world, not according to the scriptures. I'm talking about a follower of Christ that follows the commandments of God. So there are many Christians that they just wanna give enough. Some Christians even want to play the part, is what I call it. There's no renewing. It's just surface. And those people are just like that young man. They just want to give just enough. See, the young man was ready to do whatever. Until that whatever meant that he had to give himself. Then all of a sudden it was too much. That price was way too much. And to be honest, Jesus is not asking us to do anything that he himself have not done for us. If we are to be like him, he gave his life for us so that we can be saved. Now it's time for us to give our lives so that he can move and work through us. But I have a point. I'm getting there. Matthew chapters 26 verses 69 to 75. So this is a story where we know that Peter denies Jesus three times. Verses 69 starts. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. And a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus, the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when they, he went on to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystander, This man was, was, was with Jesus the Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. After a while, the bystander came up and said to Peter, Certainly, you too are one of them for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Just a couple of hours before, Peter was ready to die for Jesus. He was ready to fight. He was telling Jesus, no, you're not going to die. I will die with you. He was ready to die for Christ. Until the moment came when it became real. When that time came, he denied Christ so quickly that he didn't even, it wasn't even a second thought to him. He forgot all of it. At that moment, he was more focused on saving himself. It's not that he didn't care about Christ or he didn't love Christ. We know that. But he was so focused on saving himself because it was real. He realized that I can die today. So he denied him. But he wasn't the only one. He was the one that denied him by mouth. But where were the other disciples? Nobody was around. Nobody was advocating for Christ. Everybody ran, they scattered, disappeared. Everybody left him. You may say to yourself, I have never denied Christ, so I'm good. But do you really believe that? When was the last time you started to minister to a random person? When was the last time when you had an opportunity to speak to someone about Christ that you actually did it? When did you put yourself to the side and did something that was uncomfortable or scary for Christ? beloved every time we have allowed times like this to pass us by we too have denied Christ just like Peter did many of us have denied Christ without even thinking about it without a second thought because we were so focused on self We were focused on saving ourselves that we didn't even see. That we were denying Christ to his face. And saying, maybe not in all those words, but what we were saying is, I don't know that man. I don't know him. Woman, I tell you, I don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about. We've said that. We've done that. To Christ so this lesson is to talk about how we need to learn to put aside our own desires for the sake of the kingdom of God because while the world is busy trying to live their best life now we know that all there is to gain in this world is equal to nothing is equal to garbage one of the verses says it's equal to dung and that's in philistine chapters 3 verses 8 and it reads but more than that i count everything a loss compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing jesus christ my lord And of growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with him. A joy unequaled. For his sake I have lost everything. And I consider it all garbage. So that I may gain Christ. This world will have us chasing so many things. And when you get to the end of it. What is it for? What is it for? You build, you have all this ambition, you're building all this wealth so you can leave it behind for somebody else. So people can see you a certain way. So you can walk around with pride. What is it for? And this is the lesson. The advantage of the kingdom is vastly more important than anything we can ever gain in this world. Anything we can ever gain in this world. So we look at Mr. Doss' story. We see a man that was not concerned about his own life. Because after I watched that movie several times, one of the things that I realized was, the reason why he was able to go into that battlefield the way that he did was because he was already dead he had to have given his own self and at that point doing the work that would advance the kingdom was more important than his own life and he took that seriously mr. Doss was not concerned about his own life, but believed that the work of God was just more important. The only way he was able to do that is because he had a peace with the will of God for his life, whichever way it should go. Now during, and I said that already, what was fascinating to me was How in the interview, he was like, I I just was asking God, help me get one more. Help me get one more. And after he got that one, he said, Lord, help me get one more. When we can allow ourselves to truly die and empty ourselves of our own selfish wants, what happens is that it creates... An atmosphere for miracles. Everybody, the commanders that I've watched interviews for, I've watched people talk about him, everybody believed that he—he, he, it was a miracle. And I don't know if this really happened, but in the movie, they were to go back up there a second time. And the soldiers were like, we're not going without Desmond Doss. And they didn't go until after Desmond Doss prayed for them. Then they went. Do you know the advancement of the kingdom of God on those guys? They looked at him in awe because they had never seen anything like it. They've never heard anything like it. They call people like him a conscientious observer, and he is the only one that got the highest medal of honor ever, because it was unheard of. Can you imagine the, the faith of those people? That they actually saw that you can believe like that, and God can actually protect you in the worst battle, in mankind hallelujah so what happens is when we surrender ourselves god can then fully work in us we are allowing him to be to work in his <laughs> listen to this when we fully die of ourselves of our selfish wants of our needs and we allow that way we allow god to work fully in us do you know what that means i don't think that we will fully be able to understand how great god is until we meet him face to face and even then we still might take a while to really fully grasp when you give an impossible god Access to you fully with no restrictions hey he will do miracles he will make the impossible possible and this is what's stopping the church today is that we're not willing to fully give God all of us so that he can work through us. We limit him. We limit him in our thoughts. We limit him with the things that he can do because we're not fully giving of our vessel. The Bible says that we are the vessel of God. He works through us. He is able to bless people through us. He's able to do miracles through us. It's like having a door to a house and you're like, okay, you can come into the door whenever you want, but the door is only open halfway. So you are, so if I have to bring a big old box, I can't because I'm limited to how much stuff that I can actually come in and out of the door from, because the door is halfway open. But imagine if you fully open yourself to Christ, hey, and you tell God, use me. I'm not concerned with what people think of me. I'm not concerned with my last because I believe that if you tell me to give that last 20 dollars, you tell me to give that last 10 dollars. I believe be, I believe by faith and I decree and I declare that you will provide for me, and that is that. I believe that just like you, you feed the birds outside, just like you feed the homeless outside, that you also will protect me. I believe that with everything in me. We saw the widow, we saw the young man, he wasn't willing to give all of him. He has zeal and everything, but when it was time to give what was precious to him, he wasn't willing to give it up. Some of us are holding on to a relationship that God's been telling you, let it go, but you're not willing to give it up. Some of us, it's a business idea, it's a relationship, it's whatever it is that you have that's limiting you to fully give of yourself to God. Pray on it. Ask God to help you to get clarity. But once he pointed out, you need to give it up. Because the only way that you can fully walk in what God intended for you to do is by giving up yourself. So what you want don't matter no more. It's what he wants for your life that matters. You can ask him, but also tell him if that's your will. If that's your will, let your will be done in my life. So that's the lesson. Because when I think about if Mr. Doss walked into that battlefield and was afraid for his life, and was concerned that he wouldn't even he wouldn't be able to go home to his wife would he have walked into that battlefield so confidently would he have kept returning back into the battlefield to go save people knowing that he had no weapon we would know him as the we would know his story and it wouldn't even the impact that his story had was only able to happen only because he wasn't. He wasn't afraid and he had fully given his life to Christ. They said at the end of the war, he got injured. And as they were carrying him out on a stretcher, he saw someone else that was injured too. And he said, leave me here, take him. He needs it more than me. Sometimes just knowing that we truly love God and we have a relationship with God is enough to give you confidence to walk into a battlefield. Why? Because you know that no matter what happens, I know where I'm going. I know it's all gained from here i get to be with my father in heaven it's the people that don't know christ they're the ones that we need to worry about because where do they go from here if this is supposed to be their best life when we can let go of ourselves it's like you give God a blank canvas you give him a blank canvas and you tell him give him the opportunity to create whatever art and make it come into its full potential and we do this to a God of the impossible hallelujah if you realize today that you have not given yourself fully to God or you have not died to yourself or fully grasp that idea, it's okay, beloved. You're not alone. It takes time. It took me time and I'm still learning practical ways for me to surrender of myself. And I wanna tell you, it's a daily thing You're not just going to get it one day and you get it forever. No, every day you have to remind yourself. Every day you're faced with small battles. Seeing a random person. Talking to people at work. I do a lot of ministering at work. And one of the things that I'll tell you is. And I need to do this more often. Again, I used to do that a lot. I would always pray and ask God that if there's somebody that you want me to talk to please Lord open the door help me to see so that I can do your will and sometimes it's the person that's in front of me and maybe there's something I sense from them and I want to minister to them but I'm not sure if I should and a lot of times it's because of fear I'm not going to lie but then I'll say that prayer, and if it's meant for me to talk to that person, something would happen, and I'll know. For example, I was talking to a lady, and I wanted to minister to her. I had a, once we started talking, there was a scripture that came to mind, and it's one of my favorite scriptures. It's um, Matthew 6, and it talks about, seek God first before everything. And um, that was a scripture that came to my mind when she was talking. And I said, Lord, if you want me to talk to this lady, um, please give me the opportunity to do so. But if not, then that's okay. I won't say anything. Now there was a student in the room with us at that time. And I think deep down inside, I wanted the student to leave. And shortly after, The student just got up and she was like, I'll be right back. And she got up and she left. And I saw it as an opportunity to minister to her. And I did. And it turns out that that was what she needed to hear at that time. So I would tell you to, as a practice, to do that, to get in the habit of doing that, saying a small prayer and asking God to help you to see those moments and to help you to um, speak when you need to speak and hold your tongue when you need to hold your tongue because there is a time for everything. So beloved, if you feel like you have, you have um, not fully given of yourself, um, what I ask is that you repent. Repent and ask God To forgive you of your sins against him, both knowingly and unknowingly. Because a lot of it happens when we are not aware that it's even happening. Ask him to wash you clean and to teach you his ways. Amen. My prayer for you today, beloved, is, and for myself, is to become better at recognizing opportunities to spread the Word of God whenever possible. I pray that we can move past ourselves and not worry about persecution, rejection, or any retaliations when it comes to the Word of God. I pray for boldness in the body of Christ that we may stand firm when faced with adversities i pray that we can master the practice of dying to self daily so that god can do the impossible through us amen now if you are a listener and you want to surrender your life to christ today and maybe you've already been saved but you say lord I have not fully given myself to you. I want to do over. I want to hit restart. Why don't you say this prayer with me? Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son and I believe that he died for my sin and that he was raised from the dead, ascended into heaven, and is alive today. I choose to follow, obey, and accept your Son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Beloved. I pray that this message was able to bless you as it has blessed me until next time.